0: This yet, or accept it. But our Heavenly Father is not like the example that maybe you've seen. God loves you. God is for you. Can you imagine? You have a God that's in your corner. God is with you. God with us. and if you will allow him, God wants to dwell within you through His spirit. God our Father is so different from what many of us have dealt with. but we have such a loving father. So that's that, that's just a glimpse. We could go on and on about just father, but I think equally, as amazing is the word our. I mean, I gotta be honest, for years I kind of flew past it. You know, you get you go through our just to get to the Father so that you can get to heaven, so that you can get to need, so that you can get to power and glory. You know, you're just kind of I want to get to the better words. The word hour is monumental. What does it mean for God to be our? Not just this laissez-faire God. So, so you have these Egyptians and these Phoenicians and these, these, all these different cultures. And none of their gods want to have this kind of relationship with the people that serve them. Yahweh, God, Jehovah is so unique in that God wants us to be his children. He wants to be our Father. So what does that mean for us? Well, it means that we are gods. Let me show you the apostrophe. We're not gods. We belong to God. I just want to be sure, because when I say that quickly, it sounds like I'm saying something I'm not. We belong to God. The life of God is begging us to join in. God is begging for us to become children of Him. We're no longer outsiders. God is ours. We're no longer orphans. We're no longer strangers. We're no longer aliens. We're sons and daughters. We're not just favored servants. We are grafted into this family of God. God wants to be our Father. It means that we are God's. There's this... Community between humanity and divinity. That should do something to us. For us to say our father, it means that we're brothers and sisters. We're all part of the same family. We may not always get along, but we're family. God, to be our Father, it means that we live life together. We worship together. We serve together. We check up on each other. We're family. It means we're called to live in community and unity. I gotta be honest. In the world today, Neither one of those are a priority for many people. But the pandemic is showing us how much we need community. The the pandemic is showing us how much we long to have those connections with others and have those conversations and those relationships. And FaceTime doesn't do it. We need community. That's why we started having the first of the month, we have potluck, because we understand that we need community, because we're family, because we're gods. It means we need unity. It doesn't mean that we all agree on the same things, but it means that we are united in Christ. We may not be united in our football team. We may not be united in our politics. We may not be united in should you have pineapple on pizza or should you not have pineapple on pizza. Side note you should, but, all right, it scares me that I got the most amens out of that, but you should have pineapple on feet. We may not have unity in all things, but we are united in Christ because if God is my father and God is your father and God is your father and God is your father, that means we're siblings. God is our father. And so there's a unity. I used to fight with my sister's Tooth and nail, but that didn't change the fact that at the end of the day, we shared the same last name. And I would go to bat for my sisters every time. And they would go to bat for me. Community. Unity. It means that we are all God's children. And what that means is we are a global family. It means that I love my nation, I do, I get the old navy t-shirts every July, but I love my God more. It means that I can be frustrated with what's going on around the world and still know that there are brothers and sisters who call out to our father in Uganda and Russia and Brazil and Ukraine and even South Carolina. Is its own kind of little country. (laughs) Is anyone here from South Carolina? I'm so sorry. And that means, I mean it both ways. (laughs) I'm sorry you're from South Carolina. I'm sorry I said that. Um, It means that we belong to a kingdom that is not planning on just being overlaid over America. It means. God's kingdom is restoring all things, making all things new. A new heaven, a new earth. That means that we may have geographical differences, but we are united because we are one family. Paul says it this way in Romans. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. It doesn't say for those Jews or for those Gentiles. Um, Let's just back up real fast. This is in Romans. Now, the book of Romans, if you haven't read Romans before, what you have going on is in around 59, all the Jewish people were expelled from Rome. But the movement of God was moving on. And so Gentiles started creating these churches and they started filling in the gaps when the jewish people who were christ followers had to leave and then about 65 when the jewish people were allowed back in it was like all of a sudden it's like wait a minute you took my job and paul says no this isn't about jew this isn't about gentile this is about all of us being one family The Jew is a child of God. The Gentile is a child of God. The slave is a child of God. The free is a child of God. The man is a child of God. The woman is a child of God. We're all God's children. So Paul says, for you who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. The Spirit you received doesn't make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the Spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship or daughtership. And by Him we cry, It's almost like Paul had heard what Jesus had talked about. By him we cry, Dad, Heavenly Father, our Father. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we're God's children. Now, if we're children, then we're heirs. Heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we share in his suffering, In order that we may also share in his glory. So, God, this all powerful, almighty, omnipotent, omniscient God, wants you to call him Dad, Heavenly Father. You're not slaves, you're children. You're not worthless, you're valuable, you're invaluable. Come to a Father, our Father, who is more than capable to meet your need and my need and our need. So let me ask you a, a couple of questions. If you got a journal and a pen, maybe, maybe one of these will strike you. And you'll want to write it down and think about it during the course of the week. Maybe one will stick out and it's like, hmm, I want to ponder that a little bit. Let me ask you, if I'm really living and relating to God... Am I really living and relating to God as if I were God's child? Or am I more relating to Him like God is my genie and God does what I ask? And if He doesn't, I withhold going to church or I, I withhold my tithe or I withhold my serving or I withhold. That's not how it works. Am I really living and relating? God's child, and as if God were my father. Next question. If I truly understand the word our in this prayer, how does that affect my relationship with others and the church? This is where we got to dig deep and say, am I willing to give up my preferences for the unity of the community? Do I care more about peace with you and peace with God, then I care about preferences for me. If I truly understood the hour and the prayer, how would that affect me? How would it impact my involvement in the church of Christ? And when I mean the church of Christ, remember, you are the church, I am the church, we are the church together. I'm not talking about the building, although we gather here in the building. I'm talking about how does that affect my relationship with you? Because we are the body of Christ. Third question: If I'm God's child, then I'm a child of a king. Do I live my life in a way that displays a kingdom quality? We all know the story about um, uh, wasn't wasn't Alexander the Great? The 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 legend has it, and he's conquered all these places, and then this kid is brought to him and he's been stealing or whatever. And he's like, what's your name, son? He's like, Alexander. And he pulls out his sword and whips it right up to his neck and he says, change your behavior or change your name. If I'm God's child and I am supposed to be living the kingdom of God here on earth as it is in heaven, am I displaying kingdom qualities in my life? Like justice and righteousness and mercy and peace and the fruit of the Spirit. Because those are kingdom of God things. And if I'm not, then maybe I'm not representing the king the way I should be. Last question. I think it's the last question. What does God want to make possible for me this day that neither I nor any other human can make possible? I love this last one. This is just one of those, I truly believe that you love me. And this isn't about me asking for a pony or a unicorn. This is about, like, God, I, I need this, or I believe that you want this. Maybe, maybe I have a need in my life, or maybe I feel like you're calling me to help these people, or I think that maybe this needs to happen. Is there something that you can't do on your own? And other people can't help you with, is there something that you're like, okay, God, it's got to be you? Because you are the one that can do it. What does God want to make possible for you that you can't do on your own? What does God want to make possible for you that other people can't help you with? I love these because these are where you write them in your journal and you put the date and you say, God, I'm going to be like Mary and ponder this in my heart. And I'm just going to watch you work and I'm going to pray because I can't make this happen on my own. And I don't know that others can help me. I want this to be a you thing. I want you to move on my behalf. And I know that you love me and you want good things for me. And if it's in alignment with your will, then I understand that you will cause it to happen. Which also makes us back up and say, God, those things that I'm asking for, do they line up with your will? If they don't, I'm sorry, I I take back the request. If they do, I'm going to have faith and I'm going to trust you. Two words that could change our lives if we could just grapple with them long enough to understand what they mean. Week, we're going to talk about what it means to have our Father in heaven. Uh, we might get to Hallowed Be Your Name, we might just get to heaven, but we're going to see. Hopefully, we'll all get to heaven, uh, but we're going to see what happens. Will you pray with me? Father, I come here standing in front of my brothers and sisters, and I got to admit that. I may have the title of pastor, but that doesn't mean I've got an inside track to prayer or drawing close to you. And I confess that even this week, as as Jen was praying and I was at the altar, you brought to mind that maybe I've been allowing some things this past week to squeeze out time with you. Good things that could have been better spent if I would have been sitting at your feet talking to my Father. So God, I pray that you'll forgive me. I pray that you'll help us as a community to truly start to just scratch the surface of what it means that not only are you our Father, but Thank you for inviting us into this narrative. No other God, whether it's Belle, or whether it's Iris, or whether it's any of those other gods. We don't even have to go back very far, whether it's materialism, whether it's fame and popularity, whether it's that next paycheck. Nothing else that we can give our allegiance to wants to have a relationship with us the way you do. So we choose the better choice. We choose you. Be our Father today, we pray. Amen. Is it me? Oh, Jason, come help me.
1: Love times like today because we will have uh, communion twice today. What would I call the uh, the ritualistic communion, but I really love the communion we're going to have afterward, where we eat together, we break bread together, we drink together. So uh, many of us find this a really insightful time, though. So this morning, as as we come forward, as we do uh, what is traditional. Let's take this as a time to just reflect. But I was listening to a, y'all ever listen to, to podcasts at all? I got tricked into doing that recently a lot. And uh, I find myself not listening to much music. But a guy was talking about Easter. And I think of Easter, I honestly think about, man, we think about the somber times. He's talking about, yeah, Friday and Saturday, we're, we're, we're somber, we're reflecting on that. But the risen Christ, that should be the greatest celebration of all time and so uh, we have the benefit of being post uh, crucifixion and resurrection and so as we take these today i want you to really embrace what it means that jesus actually rose from the dead because if jesus did not rise from the dead we are wasting our time here today we should all be out on boats at a disappearing island There's a guy with a pontoon. He sells great ice cream out there. That's where I would like to be if Jesus is not risen. Well, even if he is risen, I'd like to be there. But we're here to celebrate together the life of Christ, the risen Christ. So I invite you to come up. I'm going to pray, and then I will come, and we'll take this together. But Jesus, he actually rose from the dead, and we're going to celebrate together as we remember him in this ritual that we've got. And then we're going to really celebrate as we sit down and break bread together. So, Father, I I praise you, God. Without you, there is no hope. And with the hope that you've given us, all things are able, everything can be conquered in your name. Because you've said death is, is nothing. Physical death is real, but you know what? So is physical resurrection. And, Father, we everything into you. All of our faith is in you. We have, we're banking on you and you alone. So, Father, we come to you. We're going to celebrate your broken body. Celebrate your shed blood and then really celebrate the fact that that has been conquered and you have been made whole just like you can make us whole. We praise you, Father, in all things. Amen. All right, come up and we will serve you and then we will eat and drink together. Mr. Garen did not get any body, just blood. Let's take, take the bread. As he instructed his disciples, he said, in some way, do this in remembrance of me. But when you break bread together, remember me as you're doing it. So let's eat together and let's remember him. And then he held up the wine, the juice. This is a fresh wine, I think. And he said, when you drink this, remember me. It is hard not to remember him as we do this together. And let's really celebrate that this blood that was spilled did not have the final say in death, but it had the final say in life. Let's drink together. Father, we are yours and we are ready for you to move through us in a brand new way as we really comprehend or try to comprehend how you are all powerful in all things and we have nothing to fear because once you conquer death, what well, is there to no fear anymore? We praise you in your name.
0: Amen. Goodness, it's been it's been great to be with you today. We hope that you'll stay for the potluck. Seriously, we have more than enough food, and we would love to share. And uh, we sing our benediction here at P.O. Naz. And so if you know it, I'm going to have you sing with me. If you don't know it, just receive this benediction. Uh, Sing with me. We sing hallelujah, let your kingdom come in our hearts, in our hearts. Let your will be done as we go in your name. We shout and we proclaim, let your will be done in us. Have a great week, and I would say we'll see you next week, but I'm hoping that I'll see you for the next few minutes while we eat together. Bye, people online. Join us if you're in town.